We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. there Knicks fans how you doing I bet I know the answer to that question probably better than you were yesterday uh it's your boy Jonathan Macri with you for another episode of the Knicks Film School podcast um coming at you on a Wednesday um the day after the Knicks have played a basketball game a basketball game that they've won in quite convincing fashion against the Philadelphia 76ers um, we'll get back to that in a second. First, our guest today, um, he is someone who covers the Knicks' next opponent, the Chicago Bulls, for uh, Clutch Points, um, uh, Forbes, uh, and of course, part of our Blue Wire podcast family, Cash Considerations, um, Jason Pack. So uh, Jason and I talked a lot about uh, this Bulls team, their 4-0 start, and uh, what to expect from this game. Had a really fun conversation. You'll enjoy it. But first, Andrew, can I bring you in for this one? Let's do it, John. What's up? I'm just, I'm really happy. Yes. Do you know why I'm happy? (laughs) Why are you happy? Because I'm thinking about how I would have felt waking up on Wednesday morning had the Knicks not done what they did to the Philadelphia 76ers. And I am comparing that to how I feel right now. And there's a big difference. And it's funny because as someone who's only been able to watch the, like the chats and has from afar really looked at the Twitter overreactions and how everybody was ready, ready to trade Randall on Sunday night. And I, I like Ray hit me up in the third quarter. I think he hit you up too on Twitter. This Knicks PTSD is just so real and it's just never going to go away. It's dangerous and on these streets, man. Even, even a, what really was a blowout. I know it was only a 13 point win, but this game was really never close after the mid second quarter. Yeah. Um, even after a blowout convincing win against the Sixers, there's still like a, all right, you lose to, the Bulls, then they're five and zero, oh, and they had the off season you should have had. Mm-hmm. Then you go into New Orleans, maybe Zion's back, and 
you know, you slip up and you lose that game. Now you're you're three and three and you go into a tougher part. Like I see the snowball already rolling. And mm-hmm. I just I think all of us are are just ready to feel good again. And hopefully more wins like this will keep that feeling going. Yeah, I think, you know what? I think if we're really going to get down to brass tacks about it and like there, there's a reason why. And I, I for, so for anybody who wants to hear more, we're going to just talk about the game for a minute or so now uh, for anybody who wants to hear like more detailed thoughts about uh, the Sixers game, tune in, uh, check your podcast feed as it were for uh, the post game live stream in podcast form, which I talked about it for 45 minutes. Um, I think there's a reason why every Nick fan watched the second half when the lead again never got below 14, got got to 14 a few times, got to 16 a couple times, and then the final margin was was 13 because there was some garbage time points at the end. But like we all watched that game thinking, like, uh, when is the other shoe gonna drop? Because at the end of the day, the Knicks don't to have that guy that when shit's going bad, you're like, okay, don't worry. We have him. It'll be fine. And Randall, we've, uh, you know, he's an all-star. He's an all NBA player. Um, He's, we got him on the bargain contract of bargain contracts, man. I still can't believe he signed that deal. In any case, he struggles in that moment, in those moments, it feels like when it's like, all right, we need a bucket. Let's dump it into Julius. So, that's that's actually when things start to get stagnant and when when bad things start to happen. So, like, if you're a Nick fan and you're starting to think about, like, OK, what happens when the flow stops? What happens when the threes stop falling? Like, what are we going to go to? You know, and it's like, well, Derek Rose is probably the, honestly the best option. Um, but maybe we could start getting out of that and maybe we could start thinking that this team is just going to be good because the overall talent level is high and they will continue to figure out how to play with one another. Um, and it is going to be a process and there may be more games like the second magic game, but there's also going to be games like this where they hit a bunch of threes. You know, it's interesting you brought up Derek Rose because like overall, and this is again, more of a big picture conversation, not necessarily just a sixer game, but I'm happier with the rise in three point volume. I know my partner in crime, Mr. Ozrowski, is in love with the lean toward analytics that the Knicks have taken this year. Right. And I get it. Like the three true outcomes, uh, layups, free throws, three pointers. That's that's really the way the NBA has been headed the last couple of years. I don't hate it. Yet there was a point in the fourth quarter when they missed 10 in a row that I was like, all right, somebody go to the rim. Just please, somebody go to the rim. And lo and behold, who was it? Derrick Rose that turned a 14-point lead back into 16, which is why if there was any pushback toward the Knicks don't have a guy to go to when things get stale, I think Derrick Rose still has moments where he can show that. Um, oh, he like, absolutely does. Wait, like last year during the winning streak, I kept going. I got, I've gone back and looked at a little bunch of the highlights. How many important closing baskets where he's like extended leads or matched guys going bucket for bucket? That Memphis game on the road that they had where John Morant would hit a bucket, then Derek Rose would hit a bucket. And then like Rose scores the final six points to close out the game. And like the entire New Orleans comeback in that went into yep. overtime was all Derek Rose. And you just, it, it's you, you talk about it in the pod with Jason that it's like 
talk to any Nick fan from 2017. Oh, God. And tell them that in four years, <laughs> you will be so thankful that Derek Rose is Just, playing meaningful minutes on your basketball team. And it's crazy. Unbelievable. You know? He's absolutely necessary. There's a lot of guys who are necessary. And obviously, we talk about Mitch on the post game. So, again, if you want extended thoughts on, on Mitchell Robinson, tune Speaking in. Speaking of the game, I have to. Maybe this will take over the rest of our intro here, but I have a bone to pick with you, sir. Okay. Because you did say something egregious. What did I say? Which, which I say several egregious. You said that God forbid Clyde ever retires, that you want Stan Van Gundy to take his job. Yeah. Well, okay. So the reason I said it is because I just listened to Stan Van Gundy do a broadcast and he Mm -hmm. was the person that was on my mind. I was not thinking of Jeff Van Gundy at the time. If Jeff Van Gundy is available and wants to come, I would, again, I mentioned a, a GoFundMe. I would happily give my own money to get Jeff Van Gundy to do games with Mike Breen for the Knicks um, every every game that they ever, that they get to play. Um, I just wasn't thinking of it at the time. That said, I really do like Stan. I think Stan calls a great game. I do too. On the national broadcast, there is still a lot of like very clear things he'll say sometimes. And I was like, oh, this is the first Knicks game. You've watched. Okay. Like it's very pure basketball analysis. Like you expect from the national. But, guys. but if he was the regular guy, I think he would, he would do pretty well. He would learn really quickly. I mean, it's maybe yeah, there's the Thibodeau connection. Like, I'm, you know, is that enough that he's like, he knows the coach. Cause don't I, we need someone as your, as your color guy that's played for the team. That's coached the team. Yeah. Look, I would take either Van Gundy brother. Happily over okay. the alternatives. That's okay. All. Is there other, is there a player that you? I know the chat turned on you at a certain point. I uh, you suggested Stan over Jeff. Is there a player that you would have on the post game? On a post game on the on the color on the, on commentary because um, that's the thing that about the broadcast is like they're the the storytellers. They're your they're your co pilots throughout every game, which is why in baseball this matters more because there's more downtime, but like. The Yankees and Mets have figured it out with Kay, a lifelong Yankee fan, David Cohen, Paul O'Neill, Gary Cohen, a lifelong Mets fan, um, Ron Darling, Keith Hernandez. Like they chose beloved players and a beloved broadcaster. We've got Breen and someone threw Mark Jackson into the chat. And I was like, clearly you missed the convo we had. With I'd, Jeff I'd, almost, I'd almost rather have Wally. I can't, I can't stand listening to, <laughs> to uh, I, I mean, it's just, this is just me. Yeah. I, I can't stand listening to Mark Jackson. I think that's, um, that's universal. I, at least on this podcast, it's universal. It's like, that's the reason I would, wouldn't mind him getting a coaching job. So that way he's no longer on the national broadcast. Oh man. This is, this is really tough. Yep. Um, I, do, so here's the problem. Like, a lot of our former players who I think like maybe potentially could be good at this. Like we really haven't heard them. I don't think there's an obvious name. Have you heard Steve Novak do stuff in Milwaukee? Cause he Novak's Novak's great. Novak's, Novak's awesome. really good. Yeah. Um, I don't really like speculating here, but I'd like to speculate about this instead of well, the alternative, which if the Knicks had lost, this would be a much more doom and gloom podcast. Novak. Pe- no, you know what? Novak's the right answer. No, that's the right answer. Okay. That's the right good. answer. That's the right answer. See, yeah, no, he's because he's done it and he's good. Yeah. I, I I forgive you, by the way, for not going immediately to Jeff. On I behalf did, of the Stan chat. did Stan did the game. He, he was did a good job. in my mind and he did a wonderful job. It was a really enjoyable listen. And it's not just this. He's always really enjoyable. 
So I stand except by when he's except when he's voting in the NBA 75. Listen, <laughs> if the worst thing that will shout out to anybody who, who is on into uh, or a member of our Patreon or is thinking about becoming a member of Patreon, we're going to go through the 75 uh, great. Well, 76, as it were, um, compare it to my list, have some other discussions where that's coming out later this week. Um, if the worst thing the NBA did with their 75 year list is leave Dwight Howard off it. Well, it's probably a pretty good list. Fair. I think the reasons for leaving Dwight Howard off it are not good, though. And partially his old coach having a vote. How did we even get into this? Listen, um, you you preferring Stan over Jeff, which is, you know, we can reach out to Stan Jeff and say, hey, if it's cool, can we get your brother on? He's actually our favorite Van Gundy. That's not going to happen. It's not happening. I would would love for Stan to come on the podcast. So why not? There you go. Fun. But it has to be worded the way I said it. That the we word ask Jeff, okay. hey, can we have our favorite Van Gundy on? Um, whatever. This was a big game. I'm so happy. They, I really am so happy they won this game. You have no idea how happy that they won this game. And uh, I do think Thursday still is a big game because, again, the Bulls are, regardless of their opponent, the Bulls are 4-0. So now that we have this win, um, you know, in the rearview mirror, that, that's... Uh, I think some people, I think there will be some national eyes on that game. Did this put any of your Kemba nerves at ease? If you had any like I, big picture, because we now have a three game, a four game sample size of Kemba. And the first three had its moments of good, but not overall good. And then game four, he was a net positive tonight. I thought the, the you want to talk about guys who, I, I, by the way, I love uh, Chuck and Shaq, their interview with Julius Randle before the game on the TNT broadcast. I thought that, that was phenomenal. But Chuck, uh, Charles Barkley, who I, I also love, said, like, if the Knicks get the Kemba Walker from Charlotte, like, that I, that guy's not coming back. Like, that mm-hmm. guy was a third-team All-NBA player who really probably had an argument for a second-team All-NBA spot that year, um, except he just, the team wasn't very good. Um, I, I, I still, I still think there may be an adjustment in order in terms of, but, but again, he looked great tonight. Um, and there was one moment where he, he had notions about driving on Joel and then he promptly lost the ball out of bounds. So yeah, it's like, you know, but, but again, if that's the worst thing that he does, it's, it's fine. Um, look, if he, if he's hitting shots like he was tonight, if he's making passes like he was tonight, he had a great, um, driving kick to the corner. Um, I think it was the first bucket of the game, I believe. It was uh, RJ from the corner. RJ. Yeah. Um, so he's going to be fine. I, I, I don't know that I was ever worried about him. I just think it's it's okay to acknowledge that physically he may, you know, he may be a different player. And that's fine. doesn't mean he's not going to be a great player. It just just means he, he may not be the all-NBA version of himself. But again, that's that's okay. <laughs> yeah. And it's, it, it for me at least, goes back to what we all went into this offseason saying, is just be better than the previous point guard. And while you'd love for him to just be like to have a hint of Charlotte Kemba still in him. Yeah. I'm okay. If he's just like a 28 minute player, that's going to be a net that, positive more than a net negative. But that guy's still there just because he can't maybe break guys down. Yeah, no, I know. I, I know I'm, just, I'm more just point. saying like the, what we were screaming about all last season was like, this guy is costing this team. Yes. Leads this team's yep. costing this team wins. 
And now Kemba's here. He doesn't have to be the significant upgrade of like Kemba Walker. Like you, like if he was coming in 2019, he just has to be a a net positive. He can be the Boston Kemba and we'll be okay. And I think what we've seen through four games is that he has been shit. There's a good chance the team's one and three. If they, if they had Alfred Payton instead of Kemba Walker, I don't think that's an overstatement at all. What's the one you still think they win the, the Orlando game? Yes. Okay. The way Orlando showed up that night, me, you, and three of our closest friends would have given Orlando a, a run for the who's running point in those. Who are the friends? And we'll wrap um, up with this if you want, because I know we got to get to the interview. Who are not, the friends? Uh, I don't know. Bernard, me, you, Oz, Yash, Jeremy. We probably yeah, get sure. Chris as a sixth man. Chris is like sneaky tall. Chris is, uh, you know what? I'll be the coach and you guys can play. And the five of no, us can play. <laughs> I, have no, I have no business playing any organized sport. There you go. There you go. Um, right. I just have one quick announcement to make. Um, yes. For our event on 11-17, also at, uh, against the Magic. So the next, the next third game against the Magic, the KFS at MSG night in the suite. We have two tickets that have become available. Um, some people that can't go, they're looking to sell their tickets at full price. If you are interested, please DM myself or you could DM John, I guess. You could DM the Knicks Film School's uh, Twitter account. If you don't have Twitter and you listen to this podcast, please email us at Knicks. No, nixfilmschool at gmail.com. I'll put the correct email address in the episode description of this podcast. Um, again, we have two seats. It's a 7, 7.30 game. We're going to meet up at a bar, a restaurant before the game. What's it called again, John? Uh, Pen 6. Shout out to Pen 6. Right by the garden. Uh, great spot. Bunch of TVs. We'll have some fun there for a while. Um, and uh, then head over to the garden. Head over to MSG. So yeah, hit us up if you're interested in going. It should be a fun night. It's a Wednesday, by the way. I think I've said all the details I need to. Um, But yeah, if you're interested, please let us know. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. If you're a basketball junkie, then you know there's no better time of year than the NBA playoffs. Twice a week, J.J. Redick is cooking on his podcast, The Old Man and the Three. He has guys come on in all stages of their careers to talk about the league and share stories you won't hear anywhere else, including Devin Booker on why he talks so much trash, Ray Allen's epic free throw competitions with LeBron in Miami, and the moment Tyrese Halliburton knew Pascal Siakam would be a good fit in Indy. In addition to player interviews, every Monday, J.J. breaks down the top three things happening around the NBA with unmatched analysis, not outlandish takes, and is often joined by masterminds of the game like Tim Legler to dive deep on rookie reports, trade breakdowns, and why is mean mugging now a tech? 
you won't find another outlet that covers the game as comprehensively and with such insight as JJ does it on The Old Man and the Three. Make this your companion podcast during the playoffs. Listen to The Old Man and the Three ad-free on Wondery Plus or wherever you get your podcasts. Knicks basketball is finally back, and there's no need to exhaust yourself searching all over the internet for Knicks tickets anymore because TickPick, that's T-I-C-K-P-I-C-K, is the original no-fee ticket site and the only one you'll ever need as your go-to for all NBA tickets. TickPick got rid of all those awful service fees that all other sites charge, which lets them guarantee the best prices on all their NBA tickets. Don't believe it? If you could find better prices for the same seats on another ticket site, TickPick will give you 110 percent of the difference in the purchase price. When the Knicks schedule came out, there are definitely certain dates we all circled on the calendar. October 20th against the Celtics, Christmas Day against the Hawks, January 12th against the Mavericks, even April 6th against Brooklyn. Whether on the road or in the garden, TickPick has you covered. Visit TickPick.com slash filmschool today to save $10 on your first order of Knicks tickets. That's TickPick.com slash filmschool to save $10 on your first order of Knicks tickets today. Joining me now on the Knicks Film School podcast, he is co-host of uh, a, another podcast in the Blue Wire podcast family, Cash Considerations. We'll, we'll get into that a little bit later. Uh, he's an editor at Clutch Points app, contributor at Bulls Blogger, and he also writes for Forbes. Welcome, first-time guest, uh, Jason Pat. How are you, Jason? I'm doing well. How are you? Um, honestly, probably not as good as you because, <laughs> I, listen, every every year, every year, there is one team in the NBA that is the talk of the town as it were and you sir happen to cover the team that is uh the talk of the town right now the chicago bulls who the knicks are playing um on uh on thursday which should be a fun matchup we'll, we'll talk about it in a bit but first just uh how has this first week been i imagine pretty nice yeah uh considering the bulls have been really bad for a long time and obviously like the Bulls and Knicks have both been a joke for a while. The Knicks were obviously very good last year, but the Bulls were not. But this year, the Bulls are trying to kind of do what the Knicks did last year and kind of make a nice little turnaround, uh, big off season. Uh, and they, it really was important to start the season strong for them because just they played the Pistons twice. Yep. The Pistons, not good. Pelicans without Zion, uh, you got to win that game at home. And then last night. Uh, against the Raptors. Raptors don't have Pascal Siakam. I know it's a tough road game and it was tough. They built up a 20 point lead and almost blew it uh, in really devastating fashion. Some of the worst turnovers you'll ever see just completely almost choking the game away. But uh, we kind of saw why DeMar, they signed DeMar DeRozan. They give him all that money. Uh, he came up big against his former team. So it was nice to see him hit some big shots in crunch time um, and to get them to 4 0. And this is a uh, huge thing on Bulls Twitter, Zach Levine had never won four yes. NBA ga- regular season games in a row in his career. Yeah, he was, he was with the Timberwolves when they were bad. Yeah, yeah. traded to the Bulls and the Bulls, something we like to say on cash considerations is they had the worst record since they traded Jimmy Ball in 2017. Worst record in the NBA, I think because the Knicks were good last year. The Bulls ended would, up like dropping below them. I was about to say the so, Knicks, I'm sure, yeah. had that title. Until, yeah, so until the, until yeah, last before this season, in the last four years during this rebuild, Bulls had the worst record in the NBA. So just used to blowing games, used to have a lot of losses. So now that they actually have some like real talent on their team, 
got to win these games against some of these bottom feeder teams. And they did it. They start four and oh, the schedule is about to get absolutely brutal coming up here, starting with this game against the Knicks. And then they got like the jazz, they got a bunch of West coast teams. They got, I think the Knicks, the Sixers, a couple times, or the, the nets, the Sixers, a couple times. It's like, it's like 12 straight playoff yeah, teams. I think. It is. I think it's legit like 14 against teams that made the play in or playoffs last season. So just like, we're going to learn a lot of what they're made of. They're probably going to lose a decent amount of games. So like this four and start, like, I'm sure they'll lose some and people will be like, oh, the Bulls are phonies. But like you play all these games, it's ridiculous teams. You're going to lose some games if they can get through it and be just whatever. Get five around 500 during the stretch. And then they come out after that and they build, build chemistry. They still need to do that. We saw some struggles in crunch time with all these new guys. Uh, and then just hope you just, like I said, build the chemistry, get used to it. And then you use whatever the back half of the season to really hit the peak and go and hopefully Get it. I, it would be nice to avoid the play-in, but the East with so many solid teams in the East this year, like avoiding the play-in could be pretty tough, but uh, even just getting in the play-in would be a nice step up from past years. I, I mean, I think when, so a lot of directions I want to go here, but I just, you mentioned the play-in. So the first thing that came to my mind is like, I remember when, so the, the moment they made the Vooch trade, um, I was like, okay, well, that's going to, and at the time, you know, the Knicks were, I don't remember exactly what their record was, but it was, they were far from a sure thing for the, for the play in, uh, let alone the playoffs play in was looking pretty good playoffs. Yeah. Were still like, yeah, I don't know if we're going to get there. And then they made that trade and I'm like, you know, I don't know if I love this for the bulls long-term just because, you know, you know, whenever you give up first round picks, you never know what's going to happen. But I was like, all right, you could lock them in for the play in. And then of course, Levine goes down or out, I should say with, with COVID. And then it kind of, you know, flitters away. Um, let me, I, I, one, one thing I do want to give you credit for beat the teams on your schedule. You're talking to someone whose team just lost to the fucking magic. <laughs> so, you know, listen, Pistons, Pelicans, <laughs> uh, with that's I had it, it, it's uh, it is what it is. Um, I, I, I want to start at the top because like we have Leon Rose here who took over, and I think, you know, everybody loves Tibbs. Everybody loves Julius Randle. Everybody's high on RJ Barrett. We like all these guys. But for us, at least, it was like nobody could come in here and clean this and write this ship. Um, you know, Dolan's always looming. And Rose, whether it's just because he has a calm demeanor, whether it's because he has a relationship with James Dolan, he, he's kind of, you know, he's, he's like the godfather in our eyes. Is, are you guys over there looking at Karnasovas in that way, or where where do you attribute kind of now the the the, the turnaround to? Yeah, I mean, I think a lot of people. I guess when they first took over, it was they were very patient in like making moves because like they didn't fire Jim Boylan right away, which was like the easiest move you could have made, and like took a while for them to do that. And the first off season, they like they was basically they draft Patrick Williams, they signed Garrett Temple, like that was basically it. So I was like, all right, what are these guys doing? Like they feel like they need to do something here. And then they make the Vooch trade. And then this offseason, they get Lonzo maybe a little too quickly. <laughs> because there's The tampering thing is like still... I was about to say, there. investigation still yeah, ongoing. It's still happening. I don't know what's going on there. It's bogus, but whatever. Like They might lose a first-round pick, uh, which would be unfortunate given considering they've given up a lot of their first-round picks here. Uh, but whatever. They target they targeted Lonzo for, for a while. They get him. They target DeMar DeRozan. They get him. They get Alex Cruz, so stealing him away from the Lakers. So like super getting super aggressive like this. Like you can, you can argue they gave up too much for Vooch. Maybe you can argue they gave DeRozan too big of a contract and they gave him a first round of him as well. We'll see what happens with the Lonzo tampering stuff. But like, I think there was just something to be said about just like Garpax and all that. It was just so stale, just like, mm -hmm. 
and like they even, I mean, and they knew it too. And just like, finally John Paxson was like, all right, I like need to fire myself to, for this team to actually start to like get, turn around. So he, he quits basically Gar Foreman gets fired and they, AK and Mark Eversley come in again. They were a bit patient to start, but now they make these moves because they realize they have Zach Levine coming up on a contract year. This is, he's going to be restricted free or unrestricted free agent next off season. Like we got to do something. It's either like, we're going to either whatever, be aggressive and try to add a lot of as much talent as possible. Realistically around Zach Levine to start winning some games and like prove to him that he should want to stay here. Sure. Or they just, whatever they trade him and they rebuild. Like, I don't think they wanted to come in. Like Zach Levine has gotten so much better. I don't think they wanted to just do, do start it all over again. Like the bulls did with Jimmy Butler in 2017 because that basically went nowhere. They got, they got a really good player in Zach, but the youth movement just didn't work. So they're like, we're going to get aggressive. We're going to get some actual talent. And it was just kind of refreshing. We'll see how it works. I know a lot of people pan the DeRozan move. Uh, I know a lot of people are like, you know, like this team has like a, whatever, a ceiling of like a six seed, maybe a second round exit. And like, what's the point with that? And you, they're out all these first round picks, but like, they had to get from where they've been again, worst team in the NBA over the last four years. They yeah. had to get to a point where they're actually good, at least decently good, convince Zach that he should stay. And like all signs point to him staying. Like it doesn't seem like he, he's going to go anywhere else. Obviously you never know what these guys are thinking. And if the season somehow goes poorly, I mean, maybe it completely blows up, but like just being aggressive to add more talent and to hopefully put a, just a better product on the court. I think a lot of people just really appreciate this new front office doing that. I, I, I appreciate their effort in doing it. I think, you know, the Vooch trade for me, that's going to be, that's the fork in the road, right? Because once they gave away the picks, it's yeah. like, okay, well then obviously come to, the, they're not, they're going to do something this summer. They're going to spend money yeah. this summer, what they spend the money on. And I want to start with the Rosen because um, as, as listeners of the show will know, um, I made quite a few enemies last year <laughs> because I would not get off to Rosen Island. And I was like, I know he doesn't shoot threes. Um, I know he is, Kind of man without a position. He went from playing like a little bit of four in San Antonio to play yeah, a lot like of four. The, yeah, yeah, a lot of four to playing <laughs> yeah. like point guard essentially last yeah. season. Um, and you know, he's a guy that likes to operate with the ball. Um, and and look, just again, rewinding time, like I was talking about the possibility of bringing him into a team with Julius Randle, with RJ Barrett, also guys that need the ball. Um, but I was like, look, good basketball players figure out how to play basketball with other good basketball players. And like DeMar DeRozan just struck me as a guy who at this point in his career is, you know, going to work to fit in to whatever situation yep. he's in. And and I didn't watch the game, but my understanding was he saved your guys bacon the other night. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Against the Raptors. He, like I said, the Bulls were up 20. The offense just went total shambles, uh, just a ton of bad turnovers. And then DeRozan, again, a lot of people, whatever, mid-range shots, uh, whatever. Like when DeRozan, you hit him at yeah, 50% when, clip, I mean. Yeah, when, you're, when you're good at him, when you get to your spots, because DeRozan is just so good at dri- dribbling to those spots at like the free throw line and getting up those shots. And again, it, that's maybe not a great shot all the time. You don't want to take those like early in the clock all the time, but like when the game is slowing down, when the rest of your team is just malfunctioning and can't do anything, DeRozan gets to a spot isn't turning the ball over and can get up a decent look for mid range. You'll take that at the end of games. Cause I mean, well, you need to hit those shots in the playoffs to win we, games. We and, needed that the yeah. other night against Orlando and yeah. we didn't have that. And the, and the, I love how much, how many threes the team is taking. I think you guys are actually at the opposite end of the yes. spectrum. So that'll <laughs> yeah. be an interesting uh, matchup there as well. But like I, I, I wanted the Rosen because he's a good player. And like anybody who says he's not a good player is lying. That said, I did think as a lot of people did, the contract was a lot of money, but like, yeah. You know, at the same time, if you look at it like, okay, 
you're going to keep Levine. That's what I don't know what his max, his max is, whatever, 36, 37, 38 million. It's a million. lot. Yeah. It's, it's a lot of money. You know, you're, you're already in on Lonzo. You're already in on for 24, I guess, for the next two years for, um, for Vooch. It's like, you know, if, if, if you had to pay, if you had to overpay by four or five, six, seven million dollars a year yeah. to get the rose. And I mean, is it the end of the world? I, I guess in your guys' view, probably, probably not that big of a deal. No, yeah. I mean, like, and I don't think the Bulls are even paying luxury tax, which they infamously do not pay luxury tax ever. But like, yeah. and it's like, and it's still only whatever. It's a three year deal. It's not like you're giving him like five, five years well, and like the three years was huge. Yeah. Yes. It's like, yeah, it's not like it's like five, 120 or something like that. It's 385. So like, even after this year, if whatever, if things go badly and it's still what, two years, then like 50 some million after that. So like, it's not just a horrible deal. And like, he's already showing like how he, and he could still play. Like, so he's still a good player. He yeah. has his flaws. He doesn't, even though he has shot a few threes so far this year and has actually made them, we'll see how that okay. actually goes across uh, the whole year. And obviously defensively, he's had his struggles. He's not, he's not good defensively, but like he has improved so much as a passer. So like he can help run your offense. He sure. just doesn't turn over much. He's still getting the foul. And a lot of people have made, a big deal about the, the free throws being down so far of the season with the new points of emphasis. He's still been able to draw some of those kind of sneaky veteran fouls, uh, yeah, which but has been his, really nice. So his like, foul drawing to me is not like Harden Young, to, to use our own guy, Emmanuel, quickly, where he's a guy that that's like just old school yeah. craft. That's right. just, yeah. yeah, like you said. Yeah, um, so that's been helpful because like the Bulls have been like, that was one of the reasons they got him. The Bulls were, I think, dead last in the NBA in free throw attempts last year. Yeah. So like, He's already, I think he's averaging like six, seven, eight a game so far. That's like great. that's huge. So like, uh, and again, yeah, just in the crunch time, that's why they get him. That's why you pay him that much money. So when, as, if Zach is off and like Zach is as good as like Zach has been and last year as well, he's improved every year with the bulls. Like he's still not the greatest decision maker in crunch time. He can sometimes throw out some bad shots and his handle can get loose and just like pan, gets panicky a little bit. And again, it happened with Lonzo too. Like we had, we saw some bad possessions with Lonzo and Vooch yesterday oh, okay. as well, but Instead, you give the ball to DeRozan, uh, and he was able to slow it down and get the, and get two big mid range shots, get to the line, hit a couple free throws. Like I, there will have to be a balance there because I I would like to see Zach probably more often than not have the ball. But like if there's times where he's throwing up garbage or if he's turning the ball over, like you you turn to DeRozan as that secondary guy. So good transition. Um, I wrote uh I God I think I've written more about Zach Levine than any non Nick. <laughs> Um, since I've had a newsletter, just because I have like a fascination with a guy who is he's that athletic, he has that ability off the dribble on the perimeter, and he shoots it at that efficiently. Like, if you, I'm sure you've done it, like, if you search throughout NBA history for guys that oh, yep. have been able to do like the things that he's been able to do, it's not a very long list. Um, and you know, it, but then it comes back to, okay, so why isn't he mentioned among the 10 or 15 great best players in the league um, right now? And it's because I think the stuff you mentioned, like, how do you, in your mind, how do the best version of the bulls reconcile the fact that you have this guy who could do this otherworldly stuff, but you don't necessarily trust him with the game on the line like that. I guess that's, that's the, that's the thing with Zach, right? Right. Yeah. It was like, he can hit like ridiculously tough shots and he's hit some really clutch shots. But I think if you look like even last year when he was insanely efficient, you mentioned like, like going through the, the basketball reference stuff. Like I think last year in terms of like his like scoring and volume and like true shooting, like, 
it's a list that was like Kevin Durant, maybe Steph and like yeah. something like really like, like yeah. just a really short list. You're like not that. exaggerating. I did. Yeah. I, I know the search you're talking yeah. about. I did. Right. It's yeah. pretty short. Yeah. But then in crunch time, I think like in, in the, whatever those f- last five minutes score within like five points, like I think he was like under 40% overall. And I, I'm not sure about like the turnover numbers, but like some bad turnovers in there. And like, and so, yeah. So like, I, I think the hope is that some of it will be alleviated by having other guys there to help him. And it's not, not just all him. Cause I mean, so many times there's just so much pressure on him to do everything. And like, he just, you just couldn't count on anybody else. So the hope is that like, if he just maybe just having DeRozan there, having a guy like Vooch there will just help him just kind of slow things down and be like, I don't have to do it myself. I can defer sometimes and I can attack spots better. And what if, if guys are, if the defense is focused on those other guys more, he'll get mm-hmm. better looks. I think that's the hope. And then, they win more games and then you get more recognition for that because I mean something we've talked about a ton is just that you look at Devin Booker guys I can't I mean just last year decide how much like people start to come around on him because Chris Paul comes there they start winning a lot of games they go to the finals people start like just appreciating Devin Booker more even though like uh, I mean, I don't think his numbers were that different, like over his personal no. numbers, like weren't that different than like what he's been no. at before, but like, but, but it's, winning it's, games, it's and people shots. thought he was a losing player. A, a yeah, year so ago. Like the, yeah. It's like the same type of thing that you hope that Zach just kind of follows in those footsteps. I mean, even guy like Trey young, I mentioned, I mean, Mitchell, Jamal Murray, just got a lot of those peers, those young guards that since the bulls have been so bad, you look at it's the yeah, Zach has put big numbers, but like his defense has always had a bad rep the crunch time stuff, the decision-making. So it's like, he can't be that good. He can whatever. He can get a lot of points for you, but you're not going to win with him. So now the hope that with more talent around him, he can just kind of mesh with those guys and maybe the, he'll do better in crunch time situations. Uh, and that they actually win a lot of games and people are like, Oh yeah, Zach Levine, really good. Maybe instead of like a top 30, 35 player, which I think those, like, I think those, when you looked at like the SI and like ESPN, like he was right around like 30 ish, like low thirties, yeah. like maybe he becomes top 20 to 25 ish. And, uh, compared to like, cause I think like Booker and Mitchell were both like t- top 20 ish and those things and stuff like that. And now like Bradley Beal was ranked, like, I think almost top 10 and one is like, I don't think Zach is like that much worse than a guy like Bradley Beal. And like, I mean, like don't, yeah. don't numbers. Ma- I mean, look, I like Bradley. Obviously Bradley Beal is a great player, yeah. but like don't numbers. And I get, there are numbers that if you look at with Zach, like whatever turnovers, if you pay yeah. attention to defense, obviously like that stuff matters. Not that Bradley Beal's a great defender either. Right. Um, but like, yeah, I don't, it, it, it's, it sounds like you guys are as defensive of him as I think we are of like <laughs> yeah. um, Julius Randall and yeah. RJ Barrett. Cause like Randall was like in, you know, like the thirties on a lot of those lists too. And you know, the guy was a second team all NBA. Right. <laughs> the journey to a smoke-free future can be a long and winding road, but if you're ready for a change, consider taking Zinn for a spin. Zinn nicotine pouches offer a fresh way to discover your nicotine satisfaction anywhere, anytime, no smoke, no spit, and no lingering odor. Get in gear with the Zen 10 Challenge and enjoy 10 smoke-free, spit-free days for just $5.95. Order online and start your new journey today. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time, the Roast of Tom Brady, a Netflix live event happening May 5th Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Another guy that I we spent a lot of time talking about um, 
last year, uh, probably the guy who was number one on most Nick fans free agent list was Lonzo Ball. Yep. Um, I w- was always he was he was number one on my list too, kind of by default because I was like. <laughs> He's young. He could shoot it. Yeah. And, and like the Rosen, he's a good basketball player. Yeah. I think what, what I was skeptical of is like, it felt like we needed another guy who can really shoulder more of the load on offense. And we ended up getting Kemba. We'll see how that works out. Fournier has been good so far. Um, with you guys, it would seem like it's a great fit because the Rosen and Levine are, they, they could do more of the heavy lifting. And then Lonzo gets to be, what Lonzo really is, which is not really a point guard. He's a, he's a connector. You know, he's a yeah. facilitator. He's a guy that he makes everybody around him better. How have you seen the fit with Lonzo working there so far? Yeah. I mean, he's been awesome. And you mentioned like the flaws uh, and we saw, I mentioned again, last night's game, like a uh, couple of just uh, some ugly stuff in crunch time where it's like the half court stuff. You're like, you don't really want to give Lonzo the ball and be like, Hey Lonzo, go do something in this like crunch time, half court set. That's just like, not yeah, It's just not yeah. him. Uh, he doesn't really, he doesn't get to the basket doesn't really shoot free throws like is off the dribble game. It's not really, not really what you're not really that great, but yeah, he can shoot. He's, he's been shooting great from three and his defense has been awesome so far. Just uh, the turnover, forcing turnovers, deflections, blocks, steals, all that stuff. Like him and Caruso have been, have been absolutely awesome defensively. So yeah, as that, whatever, like number four guy on offense, like just shooting threes, he had five threes against the Raptors. Take advantage of those open looks from three whatever handout five, six assists a game, push and transition, that kind of stuff. Like that's exactly what the thing the bulls got Lonzo ball for. Uh, I, they have been giving him, like I said, I think a few more opportunities and like to, to like whatever run the offense and stuff like that. Uh, and like, I, you hope he grows a little bit there, but I think again, that's something he really just like hasn't been that good at in the NBA, but if he can get a little better there and then just continue shooting so often three and then just be one of the better like perimeter, whatever point guard perimeter defenders in the NBA with him and Caruso both doing that. That'll just make the bulls so much better. Uh, because a lot of people had doubts about how good the bulls bulls would be defensively this season. But so far again, the, the competition has been yeah. awful. You play the Pistons twice, Pelicans without Zion Raptors, without Siakam, all you that play like, who's on your schedule. Yeah. You <laughs> play who's on a schedule and they, they've been really mostly really good defensive. They forced turnovers like crazy. Uh, so like that helps make up for whatever Vucevic, who doesn't really protect the rim, the rim that much. Barros and not a great defender. Zach, I think has gotten better as a defender. Uh, I think we kind of saw that with team USA. He's kind of buying in a bit more on that end and having more talent around him. He helps him maybe conserve some more energy for, for defense. But even then a lot of people are like, Oh, the bulls, they're going to be awful defensively this year, blah, blah, blah. But like when you have two guys who can like really disrupt at the point of attack and like also just help, digging down and when, when there's drives and stuff like that too, like that can help you make your defense a lot better. And so far Lonzo's just looked really good. Yeah. And, and I guess, you know, closing games with Caruso who uh, again, ruffled some feathers in New York when he was placed on a, a list <laughs> instead of RJ Barrett over the summer. Um, but look, look, Caruso's a good player and, and he's a really good defender and him and Lonzo at the point of attack. I, I agree. Helps a lot. Um, one other guy I just want to touch on and then we'll finish up um, Pat Williams. So I had, uh, I've had a couple times on now uh, coach young. He's an associate coach at, uh, at Florida state and had him on before that draft to talk about Devin Vassell, who was more the guy connected to the Knicks. But I also you know talked to him about Pat Williams. And at the time, everybody figured Vassell would go ahead of yeah. Pat Williams. Cause it, that's kind of where he was. And at the, I think Pat was being mocked like 13, 14 around yeah, that time. Like late lottery. Yeah. yeah. Late lottery. Exactly. And he's like, let me tell you something. He's Kawhi Leonard. 
I, I, obviously this is the guy who recruited him. His job yeah. is to like puff up his guys, yeah. but he's like, he's Kawhi Leonard. Um, and I was like, okay, well that's, <laughs> that's, that's a high praise for a guy that averaged whatever, like eight points a game in college, yeah. six um, man in college. Yeah. yeah. Six man in college. Um, but he, for, I, not that I've watched all that much bulls, but he's, he, he looks the part of a guy that's going to be a, like one of those, one of those wings that like can do, you know, could do the stuff that you you want your wings to do. What just what are your your impressions on Pat Williams? So yeah, I, I think Pat's almost kind of polarizing right now. And we, we just like we talk, just talk about this on cash considerations. We were talking about Pat was like, so like last year he was thrust into the starting line, or he it was kind of surprising that he got picked to start right away uh, as a whatever nineteen year old or how he would like youngest player yeah, in the yeah. draft or like second youngest player in the draft. Like everyone thought. Billy would start Otto Porter Jr. at small forward, and he ended up going with Pat. And he started almost the entire season, showed some really nice flashes. He had some sick, he had a sick block of DeAndre Ayton, which was just ridiculous. He shot pretty well from three. But I mean, the whole, the, the, like the constant theme over the course of the year was like, he needs to be more aggressive, needs to show more offensively. And then, like in summer league, they kind of let him do a lot of that stuff offensively since he's yeah. basically like the best guy out there. But then when you have this roster and you have, Zach, and then you get Lonzo and you get DeMar DeRozan and you have Vooch now as well. It's like, he's the fifth, he's the fifth starter. So obviously he just does not have many opportunities to like do much offensively. So he's got to be opportunistic. And so far it's been eh, like yesterday against the Raptors. I think he's, he, I mean, I feel like he's only taking a couple shots a game so far. Yeah. Does, he does some, does, does some good stuff off like cuts can be opportunistic there. Okay. Some offensive rebounding. He's got to, he, what he's, he's really got to get in a habit of just being ready to shoot three pointers. Like he had a really bad record scratch moment against the Raptors where a nice drive and kick and he's open in the corner for three. He's got to be ready to shoot it right away. He, he hesitates, okay. he dishes it off to someone else and you get a bad look and they miss and the Raptors went the other way and scored. Like they could have gone up 12. It ends up being like a five point swing basically. So like okay. he's really just got to be ready to shoot. And like, and it's tough just because he is so young and he is, that fifth guy and in that starting lineup. So it's like, I feel like he's, he probably doesn't want to like step on any toes or anything. I wonder so if like, there's like a Tatum, a Tatum compatible. I'm not saying he's going to be as good as Jason Tatum, yeah. but like Tatum, his first, his rookie year at the Celtics, all he did was stand behind the three point line and like yeah. shoot threes because he was on a team with like a bunch of really good guys. And then it started to like develop from there. But like, you're right with this team, this talent, like where, where are those shot opportunities going to come from? I don't know. Yeah, it'd be really nice if he just would be ready to bomb threes all the time. Because I mean, theoretically, yeah. with those other guys, he, he should be getting open looks. So he shouldn't be taking like he's barely. T- I'd have to look at his numbers again, but I don't think he's taken that many threes yet. He's got to be ready to just at least get up like three or four three pointers a game or something. The Bulls have get like they toward the bottom of the league right now in three point attempts. I'd really like to see that number come up. And I think Pat being willing to shoot more would really help in that regard. But then on the other end, he's got to be super important defensively as well. And he's had some, he's had some nice moments. He had a couple really nice blocks against the Raptors, but uh, was they're going to count on him for his help side, like re, uh, rim protection, all that kind of stuff. He's also got to get better at rebounding. I think the Bulls lost, got out rebounded like by 20, I think against the Raptors. And I think he had <laughs> one or two rebounds in like 20 some minutes. And like, you're whatever, you're a decently athletic six, eight, six, nine guy. Like you got to crash the glass harder than yeah. that. Like I know he's got some, he's taking on some duff, 
some, some tough defensive assignments and all that kind of stuff. But I mean, he, he needs to be aggressive on the glass. I think a lot of it is just, he needs to get I mean, like Kawhi, Kawhi Leonard. He has a killer mentality. I think Pat just needs to kind of get that kind of in him. Like he, he's, he, sh- he sometimes shows the flashes of it. Uh, like I said, he has some really nice defensive plays, but he just needs to consistently have that motor and consistently just be aggressive on both ends. Offensively. Again, it's going to be tough for him to really develop like you would hope. Uh, with all these other guys there, you just like to see him take uh, uh, just take advantage of the opportunities he does get. But then he could become just an awesome defensive player, you hope, uh, and just like contribute to a, a Bulls defense that could be a lot better than expected. And like I said, he's had his moments there, but uh, he's still got to show a lot more. Um, it's, it is tough, though. He's, he's still, still yeah, young. No, so like, it, he's it's in a tough spot, though, when you're I mean, obviously, you know, RJ. RJ I was Garrett about to he, say with with RJ yeah. here now, we've already through yeah. only three games. You get the sense watching him. He's like, all right, he's like Kemba's here, Fournier's here. Like, I want to like facilitate for them. But then there are other times where it's it's clear that he knows he needs to get himself going. And if you're a 21 year old kid, like that's probably not the easiest yeah. thing to reconcile. Um, for sure. Yeah. So it's it's going to be an adjustment for 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 both of them. Um, a couple more, and then going to get you out of here. Just uh, long term, big picture, whatever you want to call it. Is, is the sense in Chicago like? let's not worry about what's next for once. Let's like enjoy this team or, or you guys are already thinking like, you know, is there a next move? Like, <laughs> you know, we just talked about Pat Williams. Is it like, okay, great. We could package Williams with, you know, maybe like the Rosen salary and bring in like Bradley B. Like what, what is there more long-term thinking? Are you guys just like enjoying the moment right now? Oh, uh, there's definitely both. I mean, it's the NBA. People are always thinking about the next move. That's <laughs> like basically what NBA content is all about is thinking about the next trade to make. But uh, yeah, I think, I mean, a lot of Bulls fans are hyped that they are, have started well, that they have this talent here, but yeah, I mean, you look at, you're always looking at how you can get better. Uh, and Pat is definitely the name that comes up because whatever he's so young with mm-hmm. potential. It's like, that's the guy who you figure is a valuable trade ship. Uh, Kobe white, who we have not even mentioned yet has hurt. He's he's out until he's out to like November, November, probably another few weeks at least because he tore his labrum. He had soldier shoulder surgery. Uh, so like, we'll see what happens when he comes back. I think he could be a really important piece because Look now that, that he's numbers. not going to be, yeah, now that he's not going to be uh, like relied upon to be like the primary whatever point guard, which he just it just was not working for him yeah. last year. Like he can just be off the him and Crusoe off the bench. I think it could be a really awesome bench guard duo because Kobe can just do some secondary playmaking, but also we can just gun threes. I mean, you talk about the Bulls not shooting enough threes. A lot of that's just Kobe White's not there. It was Kobe White gets up a ton of threes per game, and that's if there's like one thing he can really do is he can come in and chuck threes. Like he mm. his three point percentage hasn't been great. He's really streaky, but like. He had the, I mean, was it last year against the Knicks? I think he had like, oh my God, I feel like seven or eight threes in like it was like the fourth fourth quarter, quarter, um, early in the season, if I recall, with his, um, or am I getting the games confused with, uh, Coach Williams in the building? Uh, yeah, it was was something like that. I can't remember if that was last year or or his rookie season, but I I I remember it was against the Knicks and like he's he's had those games. I mean, there was a game last year where him and Zach both, uh, there you go, two years ago. Uh, but okay. last year, him and Zach had the game where they became the first teammates ever to hit eight three pointers in a game against the Pelicans. And like, that's like not something like the like splash ever splash brothers ever did or like Katie with Katie it's there wild. as well. Like Zach and Kobe are like, I think, I don't think anyone's done that since then. Maybe they have, but they were the first at least for to become the first teammates that both hit at least eight threes in a game. So like Kobe, while he's streaky, he has his flaws. He's not good defensively. Uh, when you like, would you, if you pair him with Caruso, uh, that's a really just nice, like a mix of like, you got Caruso for defense, Kobe to Chuck threes. Like 
And the, the Bulls bench just doesn't have many shooters in general. Like the other guys they are playing are like Troy Brown, Jr. Mm-hmm. Alizé Johnson, uh, like Io DeSumo, the rookie has gotten some, some time. Derek Jones juniors hasn't played much, but he's on the bench. They just, they just don't have much shooting off the bench. So I think Kobe could really help, but then he's also a guy where like, maybe they look to pack. They include him like that. They package like Pat Kobe and whatever salary or something for, and whatever other picks they want to throw in down the line, make, maybe they use those guys to get, another upgrade. I mean, maybe they do do that. So that is definitely something that we've talked about in like my bulls group chats and on, on cash <laughs> considerations, but we definitely do want to live in the moment. The bulls have been so bad for the last half decade. Yeah. Actually have a competent team uh, now seemingly just knock on wood, no injuries. And they could stay mostly healthy and that they could have just a fun team. Like, and even again, the, there was the criticism like, well, well, this team can only like top out at whatever six seed. It's like, I would love a six seed this season. Like I was like let me the tell Knicks, you, like four seed felt, do with, yeah, felt I would love them to be with the Knicks, <laughs> what the Knicks did last season. I would love it. That'd be awesome. The Knicks yeah. fans were, had a ball. Like it seemed like you guys just following oh, I follow was, a ton of Knicks people on Twitter having a great season, even though it ended poorly against the Hawks. And that had to be really tough to watch that series. Like oh, it was. The, the journey, the journey of that season was awesome. And now you hope you take the next step this season. So like, well, uh, perfect transition to the last thing I want to ask you, give me one thing, one player, one, whatever that you are excited to see, uh, afraid of, like, give me, just give me one, one thing, one thought on the Knicks, uh, for Thursday night. Um, I mean, I guess Randall could be really tough. Just, I mean, he's obviously just, he's been just the development there to send the bulls, how they defend. Like, I'm curious to see how they, is he, is, Mitchell is starting at five though, right? Yeah. So is, it's been, Mitchell's okay. been back healthy. Okay, uh, yeah. Nerlens is, yeah. is still out. Uh, so I guess I'm just curious yeah. to see like how they match up with Randall. Like if they, th- I must, I guess they'll probably throw a pad on him. Uh, I was Vooch. Like when they go with Randall at the five, they do stuff like that. Like Vooch, uh, I think that could probably be a big so problem there, for him. There's been a little bit of Randall at the five this year okay. um, it, with, with some success um, with, with Obi Toppin, who's our, our yeah. kid that we like here. Yep. Um, but yeah, no, that's, I, that'll be an interesting matchup because it, it, Randall over the last, not, not always with great results when he sees younger guys who are like, you know, he looks at it as like, okay, uh, burnt chicken, here we go. And, uh, he, he tries to take him one-on-one. Yeah. So we'll see if we get some of that Thursday night. I don't know. Yeah, um, I will. I will say, and then obviously Derek Rose coming when he's comes back to Chicago oh. is always a big deal. So I know he's still like a important part off the bench for the Knicks. Uh, and especially, I mean, with Kemba kind of working his way in, I feel like the it seems like the Knicks have been have they been closing with Rose over Kemba? I haven't really yes. watched the Knicks that much closely yet, but yeah. So they yeah. well, the, one of the games was was a blowout, so they closed with like the, one of the rookies. Yeah. Um, but the the opening uh, game against Boston, they brought in he brought in Rose for the second overtime, and then he closed with Rose um, because Rose was the only guy. I talk about this. Rose has become uh, Steph Curry from deep. He's, <laughs> yeah. he's hitting like 60. I'm not even kidding. He's hitting like 60% of his threes this year. He was five for eight the other night um, against in the second game against Orlando. The rest of the team shot 20% from three. It's part of why they lost. Um, yeah. So that'll be fun. He's been awesome. I, I, I God, I did not enjoy the Derrick Rose experience the first time. <laughs> yeah, it was not, not so good. Not so great. Enjoy it much more now. Um, this has been a lot of fun uh, yeah. previewing this, this game. Uh, just before I let you go, tell the folks uh, at home where they could find you and your stuff. Absolutely. So Twitter at bulls underscore J uh, let's see what clutch points. I mentioned uh, blue wire podcast, cash considerations, a Chicago bulls podcast. I'll have, we'll have a new one coming out pretty soon here. We just, we literally just recorded just before I re- was recording with you guys. So uh, plenty of bulls, bulls content. We talked, uh, talked about bulls, Knicks, of course. And then I also do stuff at SB nation's blog bowl and then Forbes as well. 
Awesome stuff, man. This was a lot of fun. Um, everybody listening, go uh, check out uh, Jason and all his stuff. And uh, I would wish you luck on Thursday night, but that would be disingenuous. So I'm not going to do that. All I will say is I hope it's a, I hope it's a good game. Yeah. It, it's also going to be Joakim Noah night. I know the Joakim Noah error did not go well for the Knicks, but uh, like, I, I don't know if the bulls are like trolling with some of that as well. They're like, whatever, he, I, since he retired and they're going to they probably are. that night. Uh, so, so it should be a real, it should be a really fun game. Uh, I, I think so. the energy will be good. Obviously going against D Rose and Tom Thibodeau and is Taj hurt still. No, no, like Taj is back. fine. He, he, well, right. he wasn't hurt. He was his, um, he had a, a child. Oh, all right. Yeah. All right. Um, yeah. So it was all good. I, I will say this. We're we're recording this at 637 on, on Tuesday before the Knicks play the Sixers. I think the tenor of that game for Knicks fans will be very different depending on if they uh, beat the Sixers or yeah. if they lose, because it's either going to be like DEFCON five or it's going to be like, all right, we're going to challenge ourselves against like the, the team with the best record in the East. So we'll, we'll see what happens. Should be a lot um, of fun. I'm excited. Yeah, no, it'll be a good game. Um, thanks again for coming on. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me. All right. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Knicks film school podcast. Hope you enjoyed that interview. Um, definitely set the stage for the Chicago game um, on Thursday night. As always, if you enjoy the podcast, feel free to leave us a review, uh, a rating, subscribe if you have not already done so. We appreciate it. It helps us out immensely. And uh, we will be back with another episode, of course, as always, this Friday. And we will see you then.